0: Hello there, everybody. It's Mike Investro here, and you're welcome once again to The Game on Sunday Podcast. And, as usual, I have with me Pat Valan and Tomas Valkai to talk everything Gaelic Games. But I'm also delighted on this occasion that we are joined here by Patrick Horgan, Um, so much a famous cork hurler and intends to be going forward for another season or two. Patrick, you're very welcome indeed. How are things? Hi, Mike, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, listen, we'll talk to you about the fact, well, about the career that you've had, about the season just passed, and the fact that you're planning to go forward. Uh, but before we do that, I, I want to talk briefly about football because uh, we have some big games, obviously, at the weekend, Pants Land. And the way it's shaping up, the way it's looking at the moment, without disregarding Monaghan or Derry or anything else, but it looks like it could be a Dublin
2: Kerry All Ireland final. I would think so, Michael. Leah. I think there was nothing surprising last week about, uh, I spoke a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and we said, it was all about timing with the new championship and the format and whatever letter, it was all about timing. Uh, and there's no doubt about it that Kelly, Kelly's timing from the start of the year has been very impressive. They had decided they weren't going for another league title. They had three home games. They targeted the three home games for Victory to keep them in Division 1. They got that. And since then, they've been building up. And there's no doubt about it. Uh, we've seen over the last couple of weeks against Lout and again last Sunday against Tyrone that they're coming to the bile at the right time. And there's no doubt about it also uh, Dublin went through Division Two, second gear. I don't think they even hit third gear. Got the promotion they deserved. Strolled through Leinster Have strolled through the qualifiers. Uh, I saw them against Sligo in the flesh, and I thought in the second half of a 50 minutes they turned down the the, the 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 after partners the turbo. And uh, last Sunday, particularly in the second half, you know, Michael. One uh, eleven, they outscored Mayo one eleven to three points. And you know, a little simple message. You know, De- Desi Fadell was quoted. What did he say? And he said, he said to the lads, "Throw off the shackles and play front foot football." It was a simple message because, unfortunately, the only two teams playing front foot football last week uh, for seventy minutes were Dublin and Kerry, and they deservedly were. Uh, as for the other games, there were some awful hard watches. Armagh uh, and 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 modern was a hard, hard watch. Exciting with penalties, but a hard watch. The Cork Derry game was a woeful match. The first three minutes when Cork had possession and Derry decided to sit back and it was as bad an advertisement for the game of Gaelic football as you could find. So, look, uh, light at the end of the tunnel, the cream is coming to the top, Kerry Dublin. Their second half performance is unbelievable. And the first half, I will have to say, the first half of the Dublin Mayo game was an outstanding game of football. And there was one statistic that stood out from that first half. Would you believe it or not? There was 40 kick passes. Now, there wouldn't be 40 kick passes in any game of modern Gaelic football. There was 40 kick passes in the first half of Dublin and And guess what? Even shocking there still, 22 of them were kicked forward into the attack. Amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws, Michael. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be Kerry
0: Dublin for a final. Okay, look, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here on the podcast because obviously we're not disregarding the other two teams in the semi-final, which of course are Monaghan and Derrick. It could also be an all-Ulstra final, I suppose. But um, let's go back because we have him as a special guest here on the podcast uh, at the moment, Patrick Organ from Cork. And Patrick, first of all, just to reflect on the year that's been for Cork, I suppose, you know, if it was me summing it up, I'd say you weren't that far away a couple of tight finishes. But but obviously you're not in the semi-finals. Yeah, um, it's it's a kind of
3: strange feeling because since the the new Ron robin farmer came in, um we've qualified every every other year except this year, but we've probably been more impressive this year than probably the last five or six. Um and I suppose it comes down to the fine margins then where uh we got the clear and we're beaten by a score from 120 yards and against Limerick, uh, we got it back to a point three or four times near the end. We just needed to win one more puck out and at, on the day, like in the second half that time, a possession was worth a point Yet yeah, that stage because we were just scoring every time we came up the pitch. Uh, we just needed to win one of those puck outs and we just didn't um, lose the note the way we did. Um, one, more, one extra point would have got us through if we'd scored one more point in our last three games, we'd have been in the Munster final. So, The margins were ridiculous and um we were just unlucky, I suppose, to come out the wrong end of it and uh yeah, our season's
0: over too early. I know, yeah, but now I have to say to you, um I was down in the Gaelic grounds at your match with Limerick, and and I thought you guys played awful well. But but one point about it is, and I don't know what you want to say about this. I thought at the back you guys were a little bit porous.
3: Well, it's kind of the way the way hurling's gone. Um, these days it's like, um, it's like defend. Everybody have a has a role in defense, and everybody has a role in attack. But on the day, like when I think back to the game, uh, I haven't looked at it again, obviously. But uh, on the day, I thought we played all the hurling the first half, and still mm. we went in. I think we went in uh, a point or two down after playing out of our skins and really putting it up to them. I think we gave away. I think was it one or two goals in that first half. they just kind of killed us. Uh but then again saying that we came back into it and had our chances when the when the crunch time came. Like and you know we just needed to, as I say, win a possession and maybe win a free. Like if we won one of those, we'd at least won a free. So uh they're all tiniest of things, but uh, ah, it's, sure. it's 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 all looking positive, I suppose. Like and going into going into next year, like uh we we know we've a lot to work on, but uh
0: we're not going too bad either. Eh? I know. Well I, I suppose Tom um, just looking at Patrick and and some of the senior members, if you like, of the Cork team, um, and Patrick, of course, from Glen Rovers, um, I'm I'm sure you must reflect very positively on all that he's been involved in over the seasons for for Cork.
1: Yeah, um, sure. Look, Michael, I I know Patrick very very well from a very early age, right? And um, I I also kind of. He's a member of my own club, Glen Rovers. I'm yeah. there with the team um, this year. And look, I mean, I, I, give, I give so much credit to the guy in terms of uh, that defeat against Limerick, uh, who's in the field on the Tuesday night. Um, we're talking over Glen Rovers, but none other than Patrick Horgan and uh, the other lads as well, the two Donnies. And uh, it was fantastic to see because when you lose, and I, I've been through that position before, and Pat, I'm sure you have as well, losing a big championship match like that or going out of an All-Ireland series campaign, it could be taken take what they take the head off the pillow, you know, and we're um, very upset about it. But um, just in terms of your, like, Patrick, what well, I have you there, in terms of yourself, your own, your own demeanor this year as against previous years, there was something different that I had seen, and I've seen a reduction in 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 in, in the body muscle. Uh, I think you were much uh, more flexible, much more liver in your play. What changed between maybe the last three or four years in terms of strength and conditioning to where you are this year? Um,
3: I would say a lot of that is down to, uh, obviously, our SNC, Steve Casey, and uh, our dietitian, Billy Murphy. But I suppose, you know, when you're th- when you're reflecting on your own year, every year, um, you're always trying to look for percentages and how big that percentage, I don't know. Like, even if it was a half percentage worth doing, and um yeah, I I found when when I talk about the position I play usually sort of in the full forward line, like it's it's constantly sprinting and making runs and I thought, you know, you kinda need to be lighter to be able to run more often. Um I think speed like probably it isn't an issue, so I just needed to sprint a lot more often. And I just thought I just didn't need to be carrying I didn't need to be carrying around. I, I wasn't saying I was heavy or anything but I just mean I needed to be lighter and I needed to carry less to be able to sprint that much you know
0: yeah Patrick, uh, can, I, can I just ask you Patrick how much of of your attitude and approach to 2023 um, was influenced by the fact of what happened to you the previous season in 2022 when let's face it you, you got dropped from the team.
3: yeah
1: uh, <laughs> I kind of feel I did like a big goal
3: what I yeah. what I say what about, what I'd say about that is like, and Tomas would probably notice uh, more than anyone. Like my my commitment to like being better like doesn't really doesn't change at all. Like and it never like kind of dips. Like I always kind of want to be better, but um, I suppose the big difference like the year just gone was the positivity that was around the group. Like was just it was easy to like put your best foot forward and try things. Do you know Try things that maybe mightn't come off, but they'd kind of bring did did get your confidence going, and did you know you're down train? You can try things instead of like being kind of programmed to to do one one thing or the other. You know, I've think,
0: heard you say, uh, I, yeah, I've heard you say, Patrick, that you're 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 enthused by the fact that you see these young fellas coming into the car panel, and and their willingness and all that kind of stuff, and that's because you're you're. You're 35 now, you know, so you're moving on a small bit, um. Yeah. But but you need you need that kind of of um, how do I put it? Inspiration, if you like, from from those coming through, maybe. Yeah,
3: um, I like like. I'm 30. I know I'm 35. I don't. I honestly don't feel it though. And yeah. when I go training, when I go training, and I never want to miss a night. And like you know, if someone said to me, "Ah, oh, take a night off, no, take a handy there and look what," <coughs> I'd be kind of saying, "No, not, not a hope." Like. I want to get old, I want to like, do you know, the boys 22, 23, 24, I kind of be like, yeah, I'll mix it in with them, like, I'll, do you know, I'll do as much as them, or I, and uh, that's what I love about the yeah. game, like, I've got on, I enjoy it, and I don't see it as like, when I when I try to get better, I don't see it as, uh, oh, I'm putting in hard work or anything, I actually like, yeah. I enjoy this thing, I love I love doing this, and I do it, I, on, unless I stop loving it, do you know, I don't think I will, though, I just love trying to be better, and,
2: and playing Orland. Patrick, that's so, on, that's so sorry that's one go sorry uh, see, Pat, Patrick, can I say a few nice things because Mull um, uh, accused you of carrying too much pork last year that's the rule one <laughs> Lester Les, Les said you're moving on a small bit in age. So, geez, I so can I just say you're a class hodler, and there's a couple of things you must be the only Cork hudler still left in Cork that hasn't gone to North America for the summer are you?
3: I know, sure I I, I would love to go there too but sure uh, <laughs> do you know I don't think the Glenn, the boys don't the Glen be too so happy with me if I did. And no, long, I,
0: you have, I, you have I, also, I, Patrick. You have also commitments at home at the moment, obviously. Uh with the new yeah. arrival in the last couple of months. Yeah, little Jack,
3: he keep you going, right? Uh he's the alarm clock and Yeah. He, he,
2: <laughs> can I have a couple of questions? So on the Hornley. Patrick First of all, what do you make as a player now? Well, and I, I, I have my own views as a pundit. As a player, what do you make of the split season and all the matches coming together? Um,
3: all the games. So, I suppose for us, like in Munster, and I, I'm not trying to like make this a thing, like where all oh, Leinster has a handy or they don't. Nobody has a handy, but I mean, in Munster, like we have three or four, we have four games in five weeks or something like that, yeah. uh, and it is good. And and like, you know in the old system we'd have played one match and you could be in and out of form two or three times before you play again whereas now you're playing games you're already going to be playing a game on a Sunday because if you weren't you're going to be training hard anyway so playing it that amount of games does, I don't think affects players uh, they actually enjoy it um, but I think what, what's happening is Munster is actually so competitive and I actually think that it could happen this weekend like I think the Munster teams are getting tired mm. Like, I thought it were going to win the All-Ireland and then I couldn't believe like, they put in a show like that the other day, you know? And that's not like... Because yeah. they're a really good team, like...
0: Yeah.
2: Because yeah. I saw... It, I mean, you look at the football and I, I, I just agree with you. I mean, you look at the Cork footballers and mayor, they were playing three intensive uh, games in four three championship matches in 14 days. And like, for amateur players to hold down the job... I don't know. It's a, and, and you could see last week Tyrone in the second half, Mayo in the second half, they were tired. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I thought and that, Pat. I think, I think you're exactly right, Matt. I thought I thought right. against, uh, I thought Mayo just ran out of steam the last day. It wasn't that they're not a good team, but uh, and they were in the game up to half time. But then they just, they just literally ran out of diesel in the, the second half, you know, and and uh, and we've talked about this before and we we'll keep talking about it until we we'll see it's any change going to happen, maybe going forward.
3: What's yeah. it, Patrick? About the about the football? About that
2: match in that presser game <laughs> intensive game? That's <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I suppose when you when I look at the football, um, I suppose championship games vary like for different teams. So like you'd Mayo last week playing against Galway, which was like a you know a back and forth really tough game, and then to be just taken out and thrown back into against Dublin, probably probably the best team
1: out there, they're going to kill you. like Patrick. be delighted with you saying that, the best team out there, Dublin. Good the man, Patrick. Good <laughs> one to start with. A very good one to start with. Uh, uh, I, I don't you know when I was saying, back saying back it, it was wrong. No, no, but, but I think that look, What we say, I suppose, what we have been saying from the start, Pat, is like the compactness of the season, like particularly in, 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 your, in, your, in your hurling championship, you had your own Robins series, then you have your your kind of months to final and your lengths to final, and then you have another series after that. And Pat, you you were saying the same with the football. You know, the, the 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 Ron Robin series, right? Three teams out of four. You could plan kind of your matches. You could pull fellas off. You could give other, other guys an opportunity. And then last weekend, you go into a different series. Is is it all too quick, Pat, in terms of the National League, the way the National League has been run straight into championship and then all covered over a period of time? and look we have Ireland semi-finals next weekend and then we're going to have an Ireland final and it's all over is is that too much too soon should we spread it out a bit further in your view could we go to August could we go to you know a longer period in my view is it yeah in your view Patrick yeah uh,
3: yeah uh, see the problem is then when they spread it out the club players don't exactly know when they're going to be back and Doing it this way, and I know I know, like us, even with the Glen there, we're kinda of waiting around there for the last six, seven weeks, but they had to plan it that way to give club players a chance to go on holidays, and it wasn't fair in them the way it was going. They'd keep going until Cork say were knocked out or finished, and then oh, all that, you, yeah, you're playing in ten days there or two weeks, and they couldn't prepare, they couldn't book holidays, and that's what was be, that's what's behind uh, the split season more than anything, like. Right? Um yeah. But it, it's hard, like we're like we're training all year round, basically to to play yeah. with with Ark and even the National League is competitive and all that. And we we played Kilkenny in the in the semi final this year. And like, we, if we had won that, we we're playing, we'd have been playing Limerick in the final, and we'd have to play a championship game. I think was it two weeks after that again? Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. you're going into the championship, which we all know the championship. Every single game like is absolutely hectic, you know. So uh, that'd have been. I'd have been five or six games there of just flat to the board,
0: no rest, no nothing, and that's probably tough on teams as well. Yeah, I suppose, Patrick, you're right in everything you say, but you have, as I said, committed yourself to your 17th season with Cork uh, to be involved with them. At yeah. any rate, obviously, there's no guarantees and that kind of stuff. Did it, yeah. did it take Did it take um, much of a decision for you to say, I want to stay with this, or, or what was your feeling?
3: Um, I suppose it comes down to like what I mentioned there when I go, uh, I kind of, I see hurling as like something that I enjoy doing. So like when I, when I pick up my hurry to go down to the Glen or go down training, I'm going there because it's something like I enjoy doing. So when I go, I go to work, you go to work because you have to go to work and all this and try to enjoy your job if you can and all that. But when I go playing hurling, it's like, this is the time I, I'm enjoying myself. And yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people kind of look at hurling sometimes like, oh, it's nearly another job or something. And if I ever thought that about hurling, I would not play. um Yeah. They say, yeah. you know, as long as they feel like that. And I know, I know like, you know, when it comes you your age and all that kind of stuff, if in, if you start slowing slow down or your form or this or that, and I, I'd be the first to know that. If I thought I wouldn't yeah. come yeah, I'd be the first out the gap. But um, as I say, like we had 40 and we had 40 on our panel last year They got league time and... Do you know what? it's just when, when a whatsapp group is created at the start of every year like and if you're added to it like you know you get kind of butterflies there and you're kind of excited again to get going and hopefully yeah sure like this year I, I i'd love to i'd love to be involved if i was if i was asked to be and that's that's the way it, it is now anyway i you patrick,
1: patrick, patrick, patrick we, look we look forward sorry michael could I, yeah could i well, might sorry just i need to ask patrick something here yeah something that i have in my head right so patrick I read an article last week from a certain Tony Constantine from Claire. And I thought it was the biggest load of rubbish that I've ever read in my life. Uh, And I I, said, I've gone through it again. And I said, I see, it it states, I see where Patrick Horgan says he will stay on for next year. In my opinion, I believe that is not up to Patrick. That should be Pat Ryan's decision. But clearly I read your piece when you said you were staying on for another year. And you said clearly, if Pat Ryan is happy to have me there, I'm happy to say I would be around next year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's
3: correct. I seen that through The boys sending on to me as a as a bit of a wind up, but I kind of I wasn't too happy about it to be honest. Because you know I'd always be like that, and you know I'd never kind of I'd never try to obviously force anyone's hand. Like I know how competitive hurling is, and how many good young fellas are around Park to play hurling. Like, and I know like you know. Even to get on the panel again is a, is a big ask, and um, yeah, I, I thought uh, why would I didn't think why would he say something when I clearly hadn't said it, he obviously didn't do
2: his work. Sorry, Michael, can I, 20,
1: can I, can I as,
2: a, as a neutral, can I just ask two hurling questions just to Patrick because I'm inquisitive? First of all, and it's two two questions one, Patrick, has have, have Gaelic football tactics? Eh, infiltrated the game of Hornley. And I mean in terms of the emphasis on possession, on hand passing, and the second thing, the emphasis on defence and the swarm tackle. That's number one. And the second thing is, and you referred to there at the start of player beating you with a hundred and twenty yard winning pint. Is the slitter in the modern game of Hornley too light? Uh the slitter the slitter one an answer first and they
3: changed that this uh the last couple of years so that we couldn't strike it as far but Fellas are still striking it, you know. Not as far as they were the white ones now, but they're still going a long way. Um, I'd have always criticised the slitters because they weren't this, they weren't quality enough, I thought, for a uh, for us to play with. But this year there was actually a big um, a big change in them, and I thought they were actually easier to use and they were they were a better slitter. Um, so I'm not sure what they're going. You know, I just think fellas are getting stronger and they're just swinging the hurley faster. Right. Um,
2: the other what was the other one? Uh, daily football tactics emphasis on shot oh, yeah. hand possession and swarm tackling and defensive. Um, I think like the big thing about the difference
3: between hurling and football and it's the reason like in football there are sometimes when I watch like you know they, they defend uh, inside their own 45 or and all their system is like set up inside their own 45 whereas in hurling you do that and they're going to take score, smoke the field the ball can travel mm-hmm. so the, the football can't be kicked any more than say 45 or roughly around that. So they're defending all the time, 45 yards away. So you see some fellas, they're kind of, they'd walk around a bit and take a break from the play and all that. But in car, you're a corner forward. You can't rest because if the cornerback has it, you could get it in a second. The reason like the hand passing would come in short and all that is because if teams are sitting back, you can't just strike it down because they'll have more men down there to overturn you. So you're trying to drag them out and you're trying to, to pump the ball in. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yes. Patrick, one last Pat? one, Pat last one last one for you, Patrick, uh, before we let you go. Um, obviously, two big semi-finals coming up on the weekend: uh, Limerick versus Galway, Clare versus Kilkenny. Call that for me. What do you think? Um, I
3: would have said the two monster teams when I when the when the pairings were made first, but the more I think about it, um, like Galway were really impressive the last day. The only thing that. You could say negative the Galway They were so they were so much on top of Tipperary to only win by two points is probably a negative. Mm-hmm. Um and the other the other game then, uh Kilkenny and Clare, I think Clare be after learning from the last time they played him in Crowe Park. But the only thing is I think Clare and Or down a few bodies like with say Conlon went off injured the last time and yeah, yeah, Clarey's yeah. shoulder Clare's shoulder is sore and I think yeah. they have one or two other uh, injuries as well. So honestly, I actually I don't I don't know who's gonna win. I thought it was, I think Limerick I think Limerick gonna go in near side, but the other game I think is
0: pass of a kind. I'm not sure. I think you might be right. And it's as as ever, Patrick, with all these kind of situations, we can talk about them until the cows come home. And i tell you what, we'll all be fierce wise on a, a Sunday evening when the two games are after being played and know everything about it. But um yeah. listen, Patrick, first of all, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, good luck going forward. I hope that you enjoy next season. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you along the way. Uh, We're going to take a break, folks, right now. But we have the second part of the Game on Sunday podcast coming up after that. Now, if you want to join us for that, there is uh, a fee to join up. It's just simply four euro a month. You can get all the details on thegameonsunday.com if you want to see how to join us. And I hope that you will be willing to join us for more good chat about all that's happening in Gale Games.
3: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Hello again, everybody. Michael Lester here on The Game on Sunday podcast. Thank you for joining us on this second part of this week's podcast, where we are both reflecting on all that happened in the football last weekend. And of course, we'll be looking forward to the tour hurting semi-finals that are coming up next weekend. Uh, Pat, we were talking about earlier on in the podcast a little bit, like it's shaping up to a Dublin Kerry All Ireland football final, but we sh- we should not, I believe, disregard Monaghan or Derry, who are the other two semi finalists. Dublin versus Monaghan, Kerry versus Derry, and and this could be interesting. Well, l- l-
2: let's deal with Dublin Monaghan because that's considered the most clear cut of the that Dublin will hammer Monaghan, and I know. Us, us pundits and one of the things modern people continue to say to us and, we're, and they're right that we patronise modern too much They're a gallant little county great warriors and we never really talk about them in a football sense and you know like what modern have achieved this year is absolutely amazing and I'll tell you why Michael first of all I was at modern and Kerry down in, in, in Killarney on the 5th of February round 2 of the league Kerry hammered modern by 11 points. And if you told me that evening, is Mollet will be the all ireland semi-final, I'd have said you, you're off your rocker because they were probably the worst Mollet team I'd ever seen. Now, admittedly, Darren Hughes wasn't there. Conor McManus wasn't there. But 16 of the fellas that played last, last weekend against Armagh weren't there. And they were absolutely hammered. And the fact that Vinnie Corey, as has, has, he uh, they've avoided relegation from Division 2, stayed in Division 1 again for another year. And the fact that he's got the semi-final is an amazing achievement. So, why? one, okay, they're good footballers, but there's a couple of things about them that you, you have to give them the credit. First of all, their character, their composure, their belief. I was just looking at some of the results in this year's, uh, in this year's match. Uh, against Tyrone in the Ulster Championship, Ryan Tools scored the winning goal in injury time. Probably the last kick in the game. Against Derry in the qualifiers, Carlo Connell kicked an equaliser against Derry in injury time. Against Kildare, Conor McCarthy scored the winning point, last kick of the game, in injury time. And again last week, in normal time against Sama, Conor McManus scored an equalising point in injury time. So, their composure, their character, their game management is brilliant. Do you know what I saw? Do you know when Rory Began had that free 60 metres out? uh, You'd say, right, Rory is going to go for it. The equalising point, but they showed great game management. They showed great composure. He played his shot, set up uh, Connor McManus on the ball, and Connor McManus was fouled for so the equalising free. But there's great character. There's great athleticism there coming from the half back line, Cattle O'Connell and uh, and Connor McCarthy. Their strength and conditioning. We, we talked about Patrick there at about 35 years of age, and age is just a number. I mean, this is probably this is team are definitely. The oldest team left in the championship. And when you look at the two users, Conor McManus, Ryan Wiley, Carlo Connell, Carlo Connell is 35. He's been the best player in one edition. Uh, their strength and conditioning, their fitness has absolutely been amazing. So, yes, they're, they're a formidable team. Uh, they're well organised defensively. They're very good defensively. Their scramble defending is very good. Do I think they'll 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 beat Dublin? No, I uh, I just don't think they have a forward line that can that can get enough scores to beat Dublin. And secondly, I just think if Dublin, like I said, throw off the shackles and play front foot football like they did in the second half against Sligo, like they did in the second half last Sunday against Mayo, uh, I can see Dublin winning by oh, I'd say double digit figures, Michael but oh,
1: I, wait, could I, I could I could I just ask yes in I, I just from on my side an outsider looking in at, at the weekend and the games right and and you made you made a point the two big teams that are playing the level of football that excites me is Dublin and Kerry and I think yes they were fantastic to watch why why are ma, Monaghan. Derry Cork doing totally different to what Kerry and Dublin are doing in terms oh. of But like, I mean <laughs> You saw last weekend, we saw the goalkeepers more out the field than they were on the goal line. It's a, it's a very interesting
2: point because some of the games last week, uh, it, it's, it's it, like I said, I, I was looking at those games and I was saying, is this the game of Gaelic football I played? No. Is this the game of Gaelic football I love so much? And I said, no. Uh, uh, and why? Uh, and you know, Conor Glass in an interview last week he spoke about Derry last year and he said, with Derry last year we played not to lose and that's what you see with the likes of the Corks, with the likes of the Amaz, with the likes of so many inter-county football teams, so many club football teams, it's the fear of losing that permeates. It's not trying to win a game and I mean there was a stat in the Cork game last week after 17 minutes, Cork had 80% possession. 80%. This cock in that 17 minutes with their 80% possession had scored one point and they were one point behind. It's fear, it's paralysis by analysis, it's safety force. And like I said, when Kelly, when Dublin and Mayo went toe-to-toe to toe in the first half playing front foot football, kicking football, it was lovely to watch. When Kelly turned on the afterburners in the second half against Tyrone, it was beautiful football. But lads we're watching a
0: game of Gaelic football too often that is a hard watch uh, Can I ask you about Derry who face your own county obviously in the that semi-final um, I, I, I have to say I, I'm impressed by Derry this year given the fact that as we know there have been a few issues in the background and so forth and yes they seem to be coming through and playing some good support uh, Absolutely
2: Michael uh, the top division two beat Dublin in, 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 in the round, in one of the rounds. Now, we're beaten well by Dublin in the in, in the Division 2 final. Uh, Ulster, they reclaimed their Ulster championship again. They're, they're a team that have improved. First of all, they're very well organised defensively. They're a team, however, that have improved from last year. Some of their attacking play against blanket defences is quite innovative and quite sharp. Uh, they're definitely, they're well organised, well coached uh they're a very constant composed team they stick to the process uh and there will be a difficult nut to crack for Kerry because they're set up defensively uh the only thing about it is, is that over the last two matches Kerry have have, have faced two teams who also are set up defensively Lout and Tyrone and the one thing about Kerry Kerry this year is Kerry have learned about about how to counteract and how to get through blanket defences. If there's one thing I fancy Kerry, it'll be a closer game than the Dublin-Mollyon game. Where Derry will struggle is that Derry haven't got enough forward power to beat Kerry. And if if Shane McGuigan is held, and he was held well last week by Cock by Tommy Watch. He didn't get any score from play. If if Shane McGuigan is held, I can't see a scoring threat from the other five forwards. And like I said, Derry never looked like losing against a very limited Cock team, but they never looked like pulling away either. So it was mm-hmm. a very it was a Walkman like performance by by Derry, an adequate performance. But I just think hours win games, scores win games. Kelly and Duncan have the forwards
0: over Madden and Derry. All right. Well, as I said, we're going to look forward to that one again um, the week after next because that's those semi-finals. But the semi-finals coming up, of course, of the weekend are the Harding semis, uh, Limerick versus Galway. That's on Saturday at 6 o'clock. And then we have on Sunday, uh, Kenny versus Clare. That has a 4 o'clock throw-in. Um, Tomás, obviously, at this stage of the championship, two huge games. Four, like big counties involved here. Um, let's look at, at Limerick and Galway first of all. The All Ireland champions against a team that can I say should have won
1: the Leicester Championship. Yes, I agree with you, Michael. Um, you've you've your provincial finalists. Um, you know um, we have we have inc- incredible games coming up. Uh, yeah, y- you're probably right. Galway would feed themselves that they. They should have won the Lens the final, but unfortunately they, they didn't, Michael. And um, something that happened against Tipperary the last day, and Patrick Horgan alluded to this as well, they were well at top in stages of the game, Michael, but there wasn't that ruthless streak to actually finish off Tipperary the last time. They were well ahead of them in the first half in terms of possession, in terms of their game plan, the breaking down of, of that Tipperary attack. And... Um, they failed to push on and they left themselves open again in the second half for Tipperary to come back in it and like to win by two points there should have been there should have been a 7 or 8 point 9 point victory that stage that kind of worries me going into next weekend because they're coming up against the Iron champions and yeah have they been to the well so often they have but they've got better and better as the season has gone on um, everybody spoke about maybe uh, Gavard Hegarty's form losing form. Um, but he's he's come good. He's come good in the last game. He came very good against, against Clare in the Muster final. So um, there, there, there's a lot at stake. Um, if I looked at Galway, the one thing that has impressed me, Michael, and I said at the last show, was that against opposition like Kilkenny in that Leinster final, they were so open at the back that Kilkenny, scored easy goals against them, and even ro- right up to the last passage of play, that ball out in the, in, in, the in the corner, should have been out over the end line, out for 65, and they would have won the Lancet title. But it was kept in play, and could, can he get a goal? The one thing that happened very good for me against Tipperary was, I think I think um, Shefflin learned an awful lot from that game in terms of their exposure, and bring in the likes of Carl Mannion back, As a sweeper, as the man clearing lines, clearing up possession, picking up possession. But more importantly, what he did with it when he got it. His distribution was top class. I mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant hurler to watch. A brilliant uh, athleticism, um, striking ability, catching ball off the air. But reading of the game was so, so important. It cut out the supply line and that gap between the halfback and the full forward line. And he mopped up supply. So... I think that's something that Shepplin will do with Galway again next weekend. Because, you know, Michael, what's the secret of success for Limerick at the moment? I mean, if you're looking at the hurling, it's their inside line. It's Galan getting on ball after ball, just be popped down in front of them. One bounce, and he has it in his hand, and he's t- he's turning defenders, and he's, got, he's gone in on goal. And the same with with, with Flanagan and stuff, exactly the same. And it's the way they drop their guys, their half-forward line out. It's a target for their half-back line, Kyle Hayes and uh, Demar Barnes, where they get it, that that space inside get the ball in as quickly as possible. And that gap has destroyed most inter-county teams this year in, in, in the supply lines. And Galway, if they're going to have a chance, ask to stop that. And that's, I think, where Shefflin will employ the likes of Manion again to, to, to actually stop that. It was, it was kind of fascinating
0: watching Galway the last day against Tipperary from the point of view that, first of all, Moss, for me, you have to say, HIP did not play particularly well. Yeah. And, and maybe they left themselves a bit open. And Galway, as you said, won by two points. But, but if you're to look at the positives from a Galway point of view, the one thing that impressed me was in that last 10 squeaky minutes, if you like, they kept their heads and they got a couple of scores. Okay, they won by two, but I mean they got those scores when when it looked like they could have they could have folded.
1: Yeah, and you could accuse Galway of something similar in the past, Michael, of folding in situations like that, dominating games and letting the opposition back into it. Yeah. So there is there is a bit of steel there. Um, I think the substitutions made a big, big difference. I mean, he had guys on the bench the last day that started in previous matches and didn't perform. So management job then is to, is to, is to make the calls. Don't start them. Bring them on with 10 or 15 minutes to go and then make a big impact. And that happened big time with Galway last weekend. Um, yeah, the, their star man is Colonel Whelan. He's no different. He's he's similar to, to Galan the way he's been playing yeah. this year. His goal-scoring ability, his stress in front of goal, look at the size of the man, the stature, his physique, winning ball off the air, catching it and bringing other guys into play as well. And yeah, you're right. There, There is there is something about Galway, but they've got to now bring it to the next stage, right? They always play well against Limerick. Look at what happened last year. They went very, very close to bring it, mm. the, bringing their reign to an end, right? So... There has to be a lot of confidence in, in, within the Galway setup at this stage in terms of where they are in their season. They've put the Leicester final to bed. They now have a chance to get to a, 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 an all-Ireland final. And uh, it's going to be a great contest. It's going to be a fascinating contest. And uh, like, there's a lot of physical, strong, athletic, athletic guys on both sides. We look at Die uh, Burke and you look at all the guys out to see Gerard McInerney. So I think we're, we're ready for a serious, serious game we're holding in this one. You mentioned Conor Whelan there
0: a moment ago. The one thing about it is Connor Whelan has been man of the match for Galway in their last two games, and I'm just wondering, do they need a bit more around the pitch rather than
1: one man kind of dominating uh, the, that man of the match performance? You, it absolutely, would well, I agree with you totally, and um, that's where other guys have to step up to the plate. Other guys have to put their hand up and say, if Connor Whelan has been held. Oh, you have to do the business. That's why you're picked for it. That's why you're a forward. You're there to score. You're there to cause problems to the opposition. And um, yeah, Alan Shore, if you're John Kylie in Limerick, you're putting a big emphasis. we got to stop the supply line into Wheeling. We've got to stop uh, Conor Wheeling doing, doing what he's done. As you said, Matt, imagine his last two games. And uh, if he, Limerick were to do that, they were saying we're on the right step or we're on the, the right track to victory. And and uh, likewise, if Sheffield is saying, like, Limerick to be fair to them have been very good but they haven't performed as a 15 that they've done in previous shares, Mike and I think this is where the opportunity is for Galway their best player <coughs> as in the last in the last two matches has been Gillang. he's been the the old sure. striker up front right and um, you know introduction the last day against Claire of, of David Reedy at at centre-forward was a masterstroke in terms because he didn't stay in that position. He moved out towards uh, the middle of the park. And um, you might have something similar here. And that's where, for me, the key is with number six and with Manion. What happens with number six? six? Does he stay in that position or does he go after his man? Because if he goes after his man, what happens... Mm-hmm. That's the gap that Gillan wants. Craves, that's the gap that Flanagan wants. They crave it with the ball down the centre. And it's not going to the corner flags. It's closer to goal where they can do more damage. So tactically, I think it's it's a big one for Shefflin to get that right. And certainly they will put the game up to Limerick. People are expecting maybe Limerick to win it and maybe win it comfortably. But I think this is going to be much closer than we've ever expected. I think you're right. I think it will be tight,
0: but I couldn't tell you who's going to win it. But uh, let's let's move on to Sunday, obviously. Uh, Kilkenny versus Clare, another fascinating semi-final. Obviously, they are, have done so well on monster in terms of showing such such battle willingness, you know. But Kilkenny haven't gone away, as they don't. <laughs>
1: oh, I mean, that's that's the funny thing about about, about Kilkenny, Michael. We we we, we say. It. There's no chef in there anymore, there's no Eddie Brennan there, there's no DJ Carey, there's no uh, well Richie Owen is still involved there. The star names are kind of bar TJ Reed, right? They, like they used to have a abundance of these guys in the past. Yeah. They're everywhere. In defense, JJ Dislaine, the Audible and the Iron medals. <coughs> My God, they had they used to have them as loose change in their pockets, they'd want so much, right? And suddenly when that goes, you're saying it's a building process, it's a building process. And the star name maybe hasn't come as forward yet. Oh, what they're doing, Michael, is incredible. I mean, they're, they're, they're unnerving new players, right? And then the experienced guys that they have, the TJ Reid that we mentioned, Owen Murphy and goal, what a fantastic goalkeeper. You see, what a watch, watch coming in the last. And look at the impact he had the last day in Skyway when he came in. And you're kind of forwarding these guys. So, like, can anyone never go away? And a bad Kilkenny team will never be easy to beat. And we have always said that all oh, Kilkenny are bad. They're, they won't come out of Leinster. They won't get to an Ireland semi-final. Look at them again. Look at them again. They're performing, and they're feeling themselves upside up up up, up, up in Kilkenny. Oh, we have a great chance. We have a great chance to go to an Ireland final because they won't fear clear. And on the other side, what's gone on in Clare Michael has been absolutely fantastic. The level of success that they have bringing through on the rage of minor under 20 um, and and the performances I suppose of Brian Law on the on, on sideline he's kind of he doesn't like the limelight but he's add, added a serious amount of steel uh, a bit of hardness about them and you always kind of had, in in terms of like players. You're looking at guys that were always tried up front. You know when you're kind of struggling for a forward, and we we can try and convert the back into a forward. Then you put a big big guy, six foot three or six foot four up because he can catch a ball off the air. I think the master stroke is putting John Cannon back as centre back number six. He's been absolutely brilliant for Claire this year. He's you can build a team around him. McInerney outside him you know, kind of clearly behind them. They 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 became a very, very formidable back line. Um now if he's out, Michael, that's 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 yeah. a big, big blow for for clear. If he's out, kind of clearly not back is 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 a big blow. Now, uh, another one or two injury concerns, um, and you can't be affording to go in against Kenny, good or bad they are without your stars your stars and uh, I think that's going to have a big bearing on this game it all, if Conan is out filling that void would be massive massive blow to clear and uh, it, it, you would think maybe Kilkenny Kenny in their favour at that stage without those those key players I know yeah it's it's two two fascinating contests
0: obviously um, and that we're looking forward to your own county are involved also on Sunday by the way to
1: Moss uh, and Galby in the, and Cork I beg your pardon in the Camogie that's right, yeah. And Camogie's um, been going pretty well for, you know, I mean, we're seeing enough that we discussed it a couple of weeks back in terms of where, where, where the Camogie and ladies football is at in terms of fair play and better facilities, better 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 um, engagement in terms of uh, expenses and stuff like that as well. But, I mean, um, as a player, I suppose, all you got to do is perform on the field the play. And, like, last weekend, a very, very strong victory for for Camogie and uh playing against Kilkenny you know not better but on the, the main side of it a serious rivalry but on mm. the Camogie side of it over the last number of years has been, been a very very strong uh, rivalry there as well so a good match to look forward to as well a good match to look forward to and the other Camogie
0: semi-final by the way is on Saturday that's a, um, a pre-runner to the Limerick-Galway match and that's Antrim uh, against Tipperary Pat will you, will you watch the hurling at the weekend?
2: Uh, just two things just on, on the camogie isn't this so sad the last couple of weekends to watch, that the, the 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 lady footballers and the camogie players have to sit down to make a protest before their championship matches That because of the unfair treatment and the lack of respect they're getting from their respective associ- associations I think it's scandalous of course I'll watch the hurling matches this weekend they're absolute. Uh, I love hurling and I mean these two games so hard to call but you know what Michael I'll end with a rant again because I i always lucky. <laughs> but you know, like, think about it, lads Think about it. There's two weekends left in the huddling yep. championship. There are two weekends left in the football championship. And from the 30th of July on, the nation's TV TV viewers who are sports fanatics will be watching the Rugby World Cup, the Soccer World Cup with the ladies, the uh, yep. Premiership, uh, the Ryder Cup, and the G whose task it is to promote Gaelic games, decide in their wisdom that the best way of promoting Gaelic games is to take our top products, our inter-county matches, off the sh- out of the shop window for seven months. And some wise man had decided that last weekend, the greatest footballer in Ireland in action, David Clifford, if you want to watch him, you did it behind the paywall.
1: Promoting Gaelic games, you must be joking. Mike, uh, Mike, I have to finish on, that, on, on this as well. Spelan, you were the first man. You were backing Diego all along. It was an absolute disgrace last weekend. It's finished now. And the other one, the big talking point from last weekend, Hawkeye. I hope to God Hawkeye isn't playing on Sunday for Ireland in the semifinals because the small ball is different than the big ball. And it would be a shame to see big games like that and they come coming down to a controversial decision wide or over the bar uh, it, I don't know for technical reasons yeah it's out of play you excuse it but it has to be ready for next weekend
0: Absolutely yeah and just to explain to people who may not fully know what happened there Hawkeye didn't work last weekend at Croke Park there was a technical glitch with it uh, hopefully as Tomas said they've got all that uh, kind of things sorted out because it is of course an important part of our daily games at this stage in big matches like this and in Croke Park and so on uh, Lads fantastic to talk to you and um, really looking forward to the weekend uh, myself um, looking forward to it at the moment I might not be looking forward to it too much of God we get that but anyway that's a, that's a different that's a different story uh, just to remind people again Game on Sunday podcast for your a month where would you get it um, and you can get details on thegameonsunday.com Pat most more guy lovely to talk to you talk to you again next week